so, wow, haven't you guys been on the most amazing, challenging run with James? It's been incredible. So I've been watching the sermons online and um, I have to confess a few of them um, I've watched more than once because I just really wanted to kind of unpack it and understand it. And so there's been lots of challenge in there and encouragement and, yeah, it's been really, it's actually been really cool. So thank you um, for um, Jeff and Edwina and Troy's contribution in that um, in that journey, and so today we're actually bringing it, bringing it all together, and uh, we're going to try and, I guess, encapsulate some of this journey that we've been on, and um, I trust that the Holy Spirit will have one more word of, don't just sit there. So I came back from holidays with a blocked ear, um, and I was a bit worried about this because when this happened for me uh, about ten years ago, it was my left ear, and I end up with permanent hearing loss. So my ability to be able to rest in Jesus and have faith and just be calm was pretty low. So I took myself to the GP. GP referred me to the audiologist. End of the story is, it's great, it's fine. It was, um, my ear was unblocked and I'm back to my previous um, hearing. Um, but it made me think about spiritually. And I'm going to pray a prayer that Jeff actually prayed a couple of weeks ago the Lord would unblock our ears so that we can hear him. So will you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for this day that you have presented to us in glorious sunshine. It's hard to believe we're in the middle of winter and here we are with the sunshine outside. So thank you, God, for this opportunity to walk with you, to be with you, to serve you, to worship you and to hear your word. And Lord, I'm asking on our behalf that you would unblock our ears that if there is anything that stops us from hearing your word today, from hearing Holy Spirit today, hearing your challenge, your love, your, your encouragement, Lord, we, I, I offer myself that you would unblock my ears, that I might hear you fully and then act accordingly. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Right, so I'm an athlete. I know, right? It's hysterical, isn't it? Because I'm so not. But I have all the stuff. I've got new gym, boot, gym shoes. And you can tell they're new because they're still mostly white, right? And, and I've got a really great water bottle and I've got this stretchy band, with, which my husband tells me is not so much about exercise, but it's more of a physio thing. Oh, well. And I have a weight that I'm not going to pick up because um, it's just a little beyond my hand strength. Thank you, Trevor. Um, I, have, I have all the stuff, right? I have all the equipment. There's actually one thing missing. And this last four weeks in James is actually all about the missing ingredient. And that is getting up off our feet. It's about action. It's about doing it. Not just hearing the word, but actually letting it change our life. And James is clear We are saved by faith, but our faith is shown by our action. These two things are not a contradiction. These two things sit together. They are two sides of the one coin. And that's exactly what Edwina took us through just a couple of weeks ago. True faith, deep faith, is shown in the way that we live. It's actually about me getting off up for my feet and using these things and getting to the point where I can do 20 whatever you do with these things. <laughs> Thank you very much. So today we're at, in Chapter 5. And um, I'm going to read the whole thing. 
because it has the most amazing lessons. We're not going to study the whole thing, it's okay, but we're going to read the whole thing because it's really important that we speak the word of God in the presence of believers. So starting from verse 6, it starts off a bit hairy, so buckle your seatbelt. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all of the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away. Your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver have become worthless. The very wealth that you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. The treasure you have accumulated will stand as evidence against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you've cheated out of pay. The wages that you've held back, they cry out against you. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord's heavenly armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourself for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people. Wow, what a great way to start this morning. Verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait on the Lord's return. Consider the farmer who patiently waits for the rains in spring and then in um, fall. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too, be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Example, look for examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers. Look to the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honour to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job. A man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just simply say yes or no, and that will be enough. So you will not sin or be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardship? Pray. Are any of you happy? Sing praises. Are any of you sick? Call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. If you have committed any sin, you will be forgiven. So confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah, as human as we are, And yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, and none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the skies opened up with rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will be saved, will have saved that person from death and bring forgiveness of many sins. So I've been listening to a few sermon series about James. And my favourite, I was telling the folk this morning, guys this morning, my favourite spends five weeks in James 5. And you can see why. It's massive, isn't it? There's so much there. So I think that we should spend, I hope you've all, you're comfortable. We're going to be here, I estimate, until about 2 o'clock. Thank you for laughing because that's so not going to happen. All right, so let's go back to the beginning of verse 5. and we're going to, I'm going to just give you... The highlights, one to six, we have a warning to those who are rich, rich, but it's not about whether they're wealthy or not. That's not what's in the verses. What's in the verses is how you treat people. 
Have you paid your workers fairly? Verse 7 to 8, there's a call to be patient, just like the farmers. It's a beautiful com- um, comparison. We have rich people on the one hand who are um, treating their workers unfairly, and the next minute James is saying, but check out the patience of the farmer who works hard day in, day out. He watches and he's grateful for the rains. In verse 9, we have an instruction. Don't grumble against each other. Verse 10, we have a reminder. Look to the prophets. Look at Job. He's an example. Verse 12, we have a teaching about oath-taking. Just don't. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, and that's all. In verse 13 to 14, we have a list of instructions for everybody. This kind of covers everything. Are you suffering? Pray. Are you happy? Sing praises. Your daughter was so gorgeous this morning, so I want to hear more of that. Are you sick? Call for the elders. Place yourself in humility before the leaders of your church and they will come. Are the issues troubling you? Confess your sins to one another. In verse 16, we have an encouragement. Pray for each other. Look at Elijah. Look at his great faith in prayer. And in verse 19 and 20, James finishes with a teaching. Some have wandered away. Go after them. It kind of feels like James just, he just stops like mid-sermon. Like it feels like there's no end. My sense is that if you read the whole of James in one sitting and you ignore the chapters and the verses, it's like James has got this massive amount of information and teaching that he wants to kind of offload. And, and, and I just have this sense of almost desperation. He's going, oh, and don't forget about this, and don't forget about that, and oh, by the way, do this. And, and it's, it's like he's just jumping all over the show. There's this desperation to see the people of God make their faith real in the way that they live. When we look back over the last few weeks, we can actually see the same message coming through in Troy and Jeff and Edwina. Our faith is shown by how we live. Our faith is shown by our actions. If there is no actions, one might question the depth of our faith. Our hope is that you've heard the Holy Spirit and God say, we see you have faith. What are you doing with that? How is that changing your life? How is that changing how you treat people? How is that changing how you treat your workers if you have workers? How is that changing how you use your tongue? Or whether there is humility in the way that you communicate with people? How is your faith changing what you do? I would say to you that this covers a wide variety of decisions and behaviours that we would um, in our life. It's the little things, but it's the big things. And I want you to hear from us. And so I've invited um, Greg and Jennifer and Michaela to to share with you um, some of their the ways that they have heard the Lord of the Lord say do something, and they've said yes or no. So I'm going to ask the three of them to step up and to sit in the front row here. So I think we're going to start with, um, we'll start with Jennifer. Step into my office. Now, many of you will, and congratulations on being on the board, by the way. That's very exciting. Congratulations on your new appointment, serving through being on the board. (laughs) So many of you will be aware of some of Jennifer's life and some of the things that she's done in her world. 
Um, she's held many roles. She's served in many different um, in many different teams. And so I put this question to Jennifer, and she's been thinking about it. And I'm going to read it off my sheet of paper because it was. I don't want to mess it up. Question. It's a good question. Throughout, as you listen to Jennifer, Michaela and Greg, what I want you to hear is, is there something that God is asking you to change in your life? Is there an action? Is there, is there a way that he wants you to get up off your feet and not just sit there? It might be, as I said, the small things or the big things. Throughout the years, God has given you many opportunities to say yes to serving him at different times and in different roles. So I want you to think of a time when, God, when you said to God, nah, no, nah, not, not right now, no, no. But then eventually you said, yes, God. What caused you to eventually go, yes, God? Okay, well, this is a very easy question for me because there have been a few episodes over the last few years, but the one I'll focus on is that I'm a member of the E3 committee. We plan and run the Sydney Christian Women's Convention in March every year. And my job on the committee was signs, so I had to make sure all the signs were out and everyone knew what to do and when to do it and so forth. Wonderful job. I love doing that job. And during COVID, our chairman, um, who's a uh, counsellor, uh, or psychologist, something like that, she found that she, towards the end of COVID, she found she was just too busy and she couldn't do the chairman's job anymore and she wanted a year off. And the ladies asked me to be the chairman. And I go, God, you can't be serious. I can't be a chairman of a committee, not this committee. I've admired these ladies who are up on the platform all my life, ever since about 1975 when I first went, I thought, I'm not as good as them. I don't have their education. I don't have their Bible knowledge. I don't... I just can't do this. But more than one of the ladies asked me to fill in. And I thought, oh, well, maybe God wants me to, to think a bit more deeply about this. So I asked several people to pray with me that God would give me clarity about what my answer should be. And um, actually, it was a Thursday, our Connect group... I asked them to pray that God would give me clarity. That night, in yet another one of my little devotion books, I love these little books, the Bible reading is from Luke when Jesus said, don't um, say I've got to go do this and then I'll follow you, I've got to do that and then follow you, do it now. But the closing piece in, in the little devotion says, when God speaks to you and calls you to do something... Instead of telling him what you need to do first, as in learn more, know more, obey without hesitation. God isn't interested in the to-do lists of this world. He has a kingdom agenda with an eternal perspective. If you could see what he can see, you would never say, let me first. And I closed the book and that night I slept soundly for the first time in a week or more because I knew I had to say yes and I tell you what, I have grown so much since because Adele didn't just take the year off. She then said, look, I'm just not going to be able to do that anymore at all. And so they said to me, well, will you be the proper chairman, not just fill in? And I didn't hesitate because I had just loved doing it so much. And um, 
now it's like second nature after a couple of mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. So it was Jesus saying, don't let me first, don't let me learn, don't let me... If God's calling you to do something, you need to say yes. So that takes me to my next question, which is if someone was on the cusp of, of making a change, doing something different, um, stepping into a new role, serving in some way, but they're hesitating, what encouragement would you give them? I'd say, look at Moses. Moses said to God, look, I can't speak well. I, I'm no good at speaking. But God said, it's you I want. It's you who has this job to do. And look at us now. We talk about Moses. He's revered amongst all the, all the prophets. Is he a prophet? Yeah, yeah. He's revered. Um, and this was a man who felt he couldn't do the job God wanted him to do. But he mm. did it, and he did it really well. And, um, yeah, so out of Exodus, Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been a skilled speaker. Even now, after talking to you, I cannot speak well. I speak slowly and can't find the best words. But who was the leader who took those people out of Egypt? Who was the one who spoke to Pharaoh? It was Moses, the man who was slow, to, slow of speech. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Yes. Right, my next victim, uh, participant is Michaela. So many Victim's of you will... about the right word, I reckon. <laughs> said yes. So many of you will be aware that Michaela um, runs our mainly music team. Um, some of you may not be aware that before COVID hit, um, Michaela was running mainly music out of the um, property at Withers Road and was doing that amazingly. And for some time, COVID hit, we shut down. And then we get to the point where um, we're going, OK, we're going to start mainly music again. You had some hesitancy. I absolutely had some hesitancy. I was really unsure as to what we should do. We didn't have a building. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with COVID. There was a whole lot of issues around that um, and, you know, with safety and all of those kinds of things. And so it seemed bigger than Ben-Hur in actual fact to start it up. And so I was kind of going, oh, do we do this or do we not? Um, so it was kind of, I was kind of wrestling with it. And then we were having our service at Kajagong. Uh, we are all in our... Um, what are those, beach chairs and all that, just hanging around, I don't know if you remember that service. And Troy was doing a bit of a rah-rah kind of sermon, like, you know, <laughs> and I sat there going, oh, God, are you actually saying to me that we need to start this up again? And I, I was inspired to do it and I wanted to do it and I felt like God was saying to do it, but there was a real element of... But there's so many things against us. There's safety, there's team, there's a space. We didn't even have a church to do it from. You know, are we doing the right thing here? What am I going to do? Um, and so I, in that uncertainty, I thought, I'm going to try. We're gonna, I, I think we should, we should. I'll speak to Troy about it, see what Troy says. And he was like, yes, do it. Yes, do it. And then I thought, well, you know, he said yes, but... Um, and so then I thought, I'm going to go and speak to my team. And if the team says yes, then I believe that's God's way of confirming that this is the right thing for us. And I went to them that, that morning and every single one of them instantly said, yes, yes, yes. I've been wondering what I was going to do and, and this is, you've answered my question. Yes, let's do it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a real confirmation. There was a stirring in my spirit, there was a stirring in my heart it was put out there and God just confirmed it for me through people and through mm. 
yeah, just... And I think from memory you actually said, right, God, if we're going to do this, I need X number of people. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I'm going to make this happen? Yeah, yeah, and he did. And it, like I said, it was yes, 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 yes. They didn't even hesitate. Mm. I think Gwenny actually said to me, I've been wondering what I'm going to do on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> well, that's just answered that. <laughs> so, yeah, real affirmation. So same question that I put to Jennifer. If there was someone in the room or online who was considering making a change or doing something different or joining a team or doing something, stepping up, not just sitting down, but hesitating, what would you say? I'd say pray about it. And I know that's a really naff, can be, that can sound a bit naff. What does naff mean? Only joking. <laughs> can sound a bit... That's fine. You know. Um, but... Commit it to God and see what God does. You know, you just never know what he's got planned and the doors will open. The doors just seem to open when it's the right thing. So just trust in the process. Mm -hmm. Take it to God. Take it to others. Um, yeah, and just keep, keep stepping, stepping out in faith. And I know, like, as a team, we often sit in absolute exhaustion yeah. thinking, how are we going to do today? Um, yeah, we've got sore knees, we've got sore hips, we've got, you know, other stuff going on in our lives. And as a team, we I love the mornings that we have together beforehand where we, we share about what's happening in our lives. And we are often just going, how are we going to do this? And God makes a way. And it's always an amazing way that he makes. So I think it's the same with, do I do this? God will make a way and God will give you the energy and the inspiration and the passion and it will come if you just put yourself out there. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Next I'm going to call um, Greg up. So something that you may not be aware of about Greg is that he actually runs a ministry based in Uganda. It's called Calyet and come to either of us later on and we're happy to show you the website for that so that you can learn more about it. Um, so um, Calyet is a ministry that is working with teenage girls in a remote Uganda. Um, the goal is to create a, a community that will bring transformation in their lives. The aim is that um, they might learn what it is like to live in kingdom community, which is in opposition to what local um, culture is about. Um, that that would affect not only their lives, but their families, their villages and their wider communities. The young ladies come to the Calyet Centre every Saturday for Bible study, prayer, we do, they do teaching, they have um, vocational life skills um, and develop friendships. So it's really about showing them another way to live. Um, they learn some really basic stuff in terms of they're, they're not judged by the workers. We have an on-the-ground um, full-time worker, Winnie, who's just amazing. Calyet aims to build confidence by... Um, giving the girls the opportunity to, um, to go to churches and, and the girls will run the whole church service, which is just amazing. Winnie is really, really good at getting the best out of them, isn't she, in terms of they'll lead the singing or the you know, worship or read, um, uh, read the Bible. Um, Calyet pays for their school fees, so they have the option of furthering their education as opposed to the only other option for them um, in their culture, at their age, is to get married and have children or to have children out of wedlock, which is a real problem. So I put a couple of questions to Greg. Um, when, you first, when you first began Calier, what caused you to actually step forward and do something? 
Uh, I'm a little embarrassed because Michaela had this little tiny slip of paper and I've got sort of three pages, but it is large print, so that's okay. <laughs> it's all right, we've got till two o'clock, I warned yeah, them. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to wait around for that. Um, <laughs> um, luckily, I've, uh, fortunately, I've always been a doer um, and I've had a problem, problem, personality defect, and it's hard for me not to say yes. So that helps when it comes to uh, things of God as well. Um, and I had a, a, a lovely spiritual father. I've still got him. And um, I remember things all during the week that he said. And one of the things I really remember is he says, uh, Greg, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Uh, and why does he do that? Because it brings him glory. So it's not really about us. Um, so I've been involved with that ministry to men that I came to faith in. Um, I, had a ch I, I was challenged to leave my Bible study group some years ago and I went into the ARV dementia unit and visited people for a year. Um, uh, I, I got involved with uh, Kairos Prison Ministry and that, that was great. And then back in 2008, I made my first trip to Uganda and was involved with Wakisa Ministries, which is uh, one of our um, overseas mission uh, partners. So it seems to me that God's been preparing me for Caldiet all these years. Um, uh, when Winnie and I, uh, we'd known each other for 10 years, and then we had this conversation back in 2000 and, I don't know, a couple of years ago, probably three years ago. And we were just chatting uh, on WhatsApp, and I said, don't you think we should do something more permanent rather than just off the cuff we'll do things? She said, I've been thinking about that. Uh, but she wouldn't have said, she wouldn't have come forward and said that. But it's almost as if God had been simultaneously preparing us to do something, even though we didn't know what it exactly was and we didn't know what it entails. So just backing up what Michaela said, God's in the business of working in us in ways that we don't really get until after. So besides Calyet then going on and um, growing and forming, what other things do you see have come out of you saying, yes, Lord, and just, just stepping up? Yeah, so I was looking back on things and um, I, I think my faith has definitely been uh, deepened uh, and strengthened. I think you can't be involved with the things of God and see what he does without that happening. And, um, you know, really it makes me think, well, Winnie and I are really just fiddling at the edges. Um, what we're about, what we'd like to see happen is the transformation of these young ladies. And we really can't do that. God's got to do that. So it keeps us sort of... Um, the, what we see is him working... Um, we're just sort of going from one crisis to another. We're trying to raise money. We're doing. We're creating policies and things that people want us to do. Um, but what's happening in the girls' lives? God's doing, and that's good to be recognised. Um, we've seen God's favour upon us in ways that I would never expect. I don't expect God to do stuff. I probably should if I'm a Christian, but I don't. It's just one of my personality things. I don't expect him to do stuff, but he does. And when he does, it just, uh, I go, wow, I never even thought of that. Uh, and, you know, he does amazing things. 
And that keeps us firmly grounded that it's not really about us. Um, unfortunately, my recognition of evil has been uh, has become more acute, and uh, I don't know whether it's because of that or not. But my love for people has also been expanded. Um, and about that first part in James that you didn't really say much about, <laughs> uh, my love of money has been rightly challenged in in big ways. Mm, thank you. So if someone were in the room or online and they were considering making a change, doing something, stepping up, stepping into a team, but they were hesitating, what would you say? Yeah, um, this is sort of where the guilt trip usually comes in, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's face Encouragement, it. Encouragement, We've always Greg. been in the room and we feel guilty <laughs> about things, don't we? I don't think ever, nothing ever comes out of guilt. Nothing good comes out of guilt, I don't think. It's stuff we're supposed to get rid of. Um, but I think I could just share a few things um, about it. Uh, I don't think you have to be particularly gifted in anything to serve God. Uh, it's not on here, but I, I remember there was a young lady, Rachel, and I went through one of those courses where you were supposed to find out what your spiritual gifts were. This is 20 years ago. And she was a lovely young lady, and in the end of all that, we got together and she said, all I can do is... Uh, the um, the work of uh, works, you know, cleaning the toilets or... She didn't see that she had any uh, anything to offer the church that was really significant. I would have said, well, that's significant in itself because a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, I bumped into her, I left the church and I bumped into her just down at the towers two years later and I said, oh, you know, how are you going, blah, 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 blah. And she was actually running Bible study groups. Now, she would never have thought that was possible for her. Mm. Um, but God knew. And mm. she obviously said yes. Um, so it doesn't need to be something special. It doesn't need to be overseas. It can be, it can be uh, within Australia. It could be in your own suburb. It could be in your own church. Hallelujah. Um, it, it's not about us. It's about his plans. Mm. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. Um, I was always very hesitant before I said yes, but by the time Calyette came along, um, I'd al he'd already prepared me. So um, I just said to Winnie, "Let's give it a go and see what's, what what plans he's got. Um, you know, his plans are going to be the best one." But I'm sure of one thing: if I can just encourage you in it, um, if you never say yes, you'll never know the blessing it is to work in his plans and mm -hmm. to see what he's doing. And to recognise how he's changing you. So in some ways there's two things going on at once. There's the things that you're doing that perhaps will affect the lives of other people. And, but I think you can be a little bit selfish as well. And say God's actually changing me. And that's the, that's the huge blessing. Thank you very much. That was amazing. So if you never say yes, you'll never see the blessing of seeing what God will do. And it, You've heard from three different, three different versions, three different stories. There, there is something that every single one of us can do or change, big and small, and James is very clear about that.